You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. What's going on people? Welcome to the post-game number crunch. As usual, I'm your host Jake Painting, creator of the Hows and Growls Timberwolves newsletter, and this podcast is proudly brought to you by Canis Hoopus and SB Nation. If you'd like to subscribe to Hows and Growls, please follow the link in the show notes, or head to howsandgrowls.substack.com to grab a free trial or a $3 per month subscription. I know I'm coming to you guys with this game's episode pretty late compared to usual, but that will be happening on occasion, usually on games that take place on a Monday night. That is, at the moment, the only day I'm, that I'm going to be doing long hours in my day job, which of course is much different than last year. And that's really thanks to all of those House and Grouse subscribers that have kind of changed my life for the better. So if you are in the business of helping change the life of independent Wolves content creators, then please do follow that link. But we are here today. A little bit later than usual, and I do apologize for that. Hopefully, I'm going to kind of make up for that with a long episode in here today. And I know that most of you guys probably don't care that much about the delay because I'm sure you aren't too upset about having to relive a game like this. The final score was 119-114 as the Houston Rockets down the Wolves. Another really zombified effort from against a bad team. Another one that really feels like it's going to hurt in the standings, not only right now, but at the end of the year as well. And overall, just another really, really bad loss. So today we're going to focus on those bad losses. I'm going to really nerd out on these bad losses. I know that it's not necessarily a part of the this weird-ass season that's fun to focus on, but it's such a crucial thread in the tapestry of this season so far that it's kind of getting to the point where it's impossible to ignore or write off as an aberration or a free deterrence. You know, it's it's a lot of losses now against really bad teams and that calls for what I think will be the longest number crunch episode and again, the nerdiest number crunch episode. So that's why this episode's number is six and eight. As in the six wins and eight losses the Timberwolves have in the 14 games against the bottom three seeds of each conference. So that's six wins and eight losses against Houston, San Antonio, and Portland out west, and Charlotte, Orlando, and Detroit in the east. So let's take a break and talk more about that really poor record. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's only a kick. A jump. 
a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. So, as I said before the break, the Wolves have a 6-8 and eight record against the bottom three teams in both conferences. Now, Minnesota aren't world beaters. We know that. But outside of maybe the Portland Trailblazers, who are currently the third worst team in the West, and are actually a competitive outfit on a lot of nights, those are games that Minnesota should be winning more often than not. If you break it down, it goes like this. Three wins and one loss in their full series against the Rockets, as we know that one loss coming last game out. One win and two losses against the Spurs, with one more game remaining and one win and two losses against the Portland Trailblazers with one remaining in the West. Heading over to the East, they were infamously swept in the season series against Detroit with two losses and no wins. They won their only game so far against the Magic with one more coming up in a week or two, and they lost their only matchup with the Hornets as well with one more remaining in that series too. So it's a mixed bag, a mixed bag where it probably shouldn't be a mixed bag. Of course, Man, this is the NBA. Any team can win on any night. And we as Wolves fans of both really bad teams and sort of kind of good teams know that bad teams can and do beat good teams all the time. But 14 games is a big old sample size against teams of that level, man. And to still be two games under 500 in those games is a real misstep from a team with, I think, legitimate playoff hopes. And they still have legitimate playoff hopes. But those hopes have been somewhat dashed by this record and it's funny man like the Wolves have a 6-8 and eight record against those teams and they have a 24-25 and 25 record in the season as a whole so when they face teams who aren't in the bottom three of each conference they have an 18-17 and 17 record one game above 500 so if we if we want to play the pointless hypothetical game and say that Minnesota went let's say 9-5 and five in these games against bad teams that we're talking about. They're 27-22 and 22 if they go 9-5. and five. That's still dropping five games against bad teams, and they are 27-22. and 22. At the time of recording this, that would have them above the Pelicans, sitting in the fourth seed, and staring at home court advantage, you know, in the playoffs. And that's so much different to what they are right now. The Wolves are the ninth seed, tied with both the Warriors and the Thunder for the 11th seed. So my question to myself, I think before I kind of started researching this podcast, was what is going wrong statistically in these games? We know that the effort is a problem. I mean, that's obvious. We know that there's clearly an attitude issue toward these quote-unquote easy games. And I think there's probably a pretty good argument to say that there's some problems with the coaching in these games as well. But what is actually going wrong with the stats? What are the numbers telling us? It is called the Number Crunch Podcast, and I am, again, going to nerd out. So here are some of those numbers. We'll start with the basic numbers. In those eight losses against the cellar dwellers of the league, the Wolves have have a 106.8 offensive rating and a 117.1 defensive rating. That means they have been outscored by 10.3 points per 100 possessions in those games. The first observation here is that not only are they losing them games, but on average they are getting waxed in those games. And it's, it's not always a fair, a fair comparison 
But if you compare those numbers to the league as a whole, that minus 10.3 net rating would be the worst, would be worse than the worst team in the league. The 106.8 offensive rating would be worse than the worst team in the league offensively. And the 117.1 defensive rating would rank 27th in the league. Now you could, I mean, you could pile up a group of eight bad losses from every team and they would probably be the worst in the league in both of those efficiency numbers. So that's not a fair comparison again. But I think it's notable that their offense seems to be the issue. Obviously, both of those numbers are really bad. But the fact that even in some of their worst losses of the season, they don't have a defensive rating that would rank last in the league means that their defense has actually not been terrible, terrible. It's still been bad, but not terrible. Whereas their 106.8 offensive rating has been by far the worst part of their game in those losses. If you're looking at all the games Minnesota has played this season, they only have 12 games that finish with an offensive rating under 106.8. But they have 16 games with a defensive rating higher than 117.1. So that just kind of, with that, I guess, quirky little maths, we can kind of confirm that point that on average it's Minnesota's offense that goes awry when they stumble in these very winnable games and to me that kind of tracks with what we see with the eye test right obviously we've seen games where the Wolves completely lay an egg defensively I mean one of those Detroit games was really really bad both of those Portland games were really really bad but overall it's the stickiness and the slowness and the lethargy on offense that sticks out to me when I just ponder on these really bad losses against bad teams it certainly felt that way last night against the Houston Rockets I think without Anthony Edwards coming to the party really really late we would have been looking at another night where they struggled to sneak over that 100 point mark which is just such a low bar in today's in today's NBA and if you kind of zoom a little closer into just how much that offense has been a problem Minnesota have actually lost four of those eight games on nights when they had a defensive rating that was better than the league average 114.4 points per 100 possessions allowed. Those games were both the Spurs games, the second Detroit loss, and the Charlotte loss. And it's just kind of bizarre to think that Minnesota's offense can shit the bed to the point where they are able to hold a bad team to below average offensive efficiency on the game and still lose that game pretty handily. Now, I know there's a lot of minutiae into why the Timberwolves are a middling team this year, and we could probably spend an hour, we could probably spend five hours trying to diagnose all of the little things that go wrong and how they do change from game to game. But I think their inability to score and to stop teams in transition is still probably the biggest thing hampering this se- hampering them this season. Even now, even after all of these bad losses and certainly some other losses that I could have thrown into this episode that they probably should have won, Minnesota are 8th in half-court offensive offensive efficiency and 5th in half-court defensive efficiency. Outside of the Wolves, being in the top 10 of both of those numbers is kind of reserved for the elite teams or sturdy playoff locks at worst the Bostons and the Philadelphias and the Memphises of the league. They are, they are the teams that are in the top 10 in both of those categories. But if they're so tremendous in that area and they clearly aren't getting enough wins overall, 
It's of course because they are not good in transition. They are really, really bad in transition. Minnesota ranked 28th in points per possession in transition offensively and 28th in points per possession allowed in transition on defense. They don't have a reliable transition game on either end. So it doesn't really matter who they're playing, whether it's these bad teams that we're talking about or the good teams or the middling teams. They aren't getting out on the fast break or finishing enough fast breaks. And they're not stopping teams from getting out on the fast break or stopping teams from finishing opportunities on the fast break either. So I say all this to swing it back to those eight really bad losses and why it's the offense that is the main culprit. Because those are the games, those eight losses and a, and a few other losses for the season, where Minnesota do get bogged down in the half court. And obviously, without a lick of transition effectiveness to aid them on either end, if they have a bad night in the half court, especially offensively, they are effectively cooked. In the first Spurs loss, their half court, their half court offensive rating was in the 19th percentile for all games played by all teams this season. The second Spurs game, it ranked in the 3rd percentile. The Charlotte loss, it ranked in the 9th percentile. The most recent Houston game, ranked in the 18th percentile. The first Detroit loss, ranked in the 56th percentile, better, but still super low for a team who ranks in the top 5 overall, playing a bad team. The only exception, just one of those games that ranked above the 70th percentile, was that first Portland game where they kind of tried to go toe-to-toe in an offensive gunfight with the Blazers and got spanked anyway. They actually finished in the 93rd percentile in this game. And that Portland game is a weird peculiarity because what defines Minnesota's ability to win, at least statistically, in games this season is their proficiency in the half court. As I said, they suck in transition, no matter what. But outside of that Portland aberration, they win games if they play good half-court offense. In their top 13 games in terms of half-court offensive points per possession, Minnesota are 12-1, and with the Blazers game obviously being that only loss. And I think those 13 games kind of include all of their best wins, or at least most of their best wins. The Chicago Bulls game when they dropped 150 ranked second. The Cavs game a week or so ago ranks fourth. That Toronto comeback last week ranks sixth. The wins over Denver and Philly and the Jazz game where D'Angelo Russell goes off in the fourth quarter. They're all there as well. And maybe most importantly for this episode, again with this focus on winning or losing games against bad teams, it's the fact that those six wins that they have against those bad teams have that same thread running through it. The win over the Spurs was their best half-court points per possession game of the season. The Orlando win ranked seventh. Two of the three Houston wins are in that top 13 as well. There's aberrations in there, obviously, as well, with the other Houston win ranking in the 10th percentile for half-court half offense, which was just a slugfest of a game. And the Blazers win ranking in the 56th percentile as well. But for the most part, the, the equation is pretty simple. When the Wolves play well in the half-court offensively, they will not only beat these bad teams, these teams that are haunting them, but they can beat just about anybody in the league. And I think the same actually goes for their defense as well. In those eight losses, here are their defensive percentiles in the half court, their points per possession allowed in the half court. They ranked in the second percentile against Portland, the sixth percentile against Detroit, 
11th percentile against Portland again, 25th percentile against Houston, 32nd percentile against the Spurs, 39th percentile against the Spurs again, 39th percentile against Charlotte, and of course the aberration is there still, I guess, with the other game against Detroit where they ranked in the 89th percentile, which again was a bit of a gunfight that they just happened to lose. So I guess after all that rambling and me just flinging numbers at you wildly, my conclusion is this. Despite every game against these bad teams being different and the fact that there will be outlier games in there, obviously, there is a pretty consistent through line between Minnesota's half-court offense and Minnesota's half-court defense both having off nights against bad teams. And again, I think the offense is actually the biggest problem because those are the game, those those games that they lose against these bad teams are really the worst of the worst nights offensively. Both of those parts of Minnesota's game is usually seriously elite, in the aggregate at least. I'm kind of only here, I guess, just reading my research aloud because I'm trying to work through this with you guys just listening to me. Obviously, I can't diagnose why this is actually happening. We know it's sticky ball movement and what seems to be just a different energy to move the ball and to move bodies against these bad teams. But whether that is just, I guess, underestimating the opponent or it's something to do with their attitude or it's just a bad coaching game plan, I don't think any of us can be absolutely 100% sure of that, even if that is what it looks like to us. I still think that they should run more set plays all the time and they should be especially doing so in these games against these poor teams who kind of junk up the game with their subpar play style. It's always a different game against a Houston than it would be against a Memphis who are really crisp and really clean and you know that you have to match them in that crispness and cleanness to match them overall and to score more points than them at the end of the game. But these Houston games and the Charlotte games and the Spurs games, they're junky games. They're kind of weird and they're herky-jerky and it's it's not as smooth. And I think that in games that aren't as smooth, it would be beneficial for the Timberwolves to be running more plays. Chris Finch has a lot of great plays in his playbook. We know he's this quote-unquote offensive genius and we've seen him run some sick plays throughout this season, throughout every game that he has been with the Wolves but they do rely a lot on just kind of running their own thing, this flow and the rhythm and the randomness that Finch likes to talk about. And I think that can work. I think we've seen it work in plenty of games this season. But against bad teams, I do think my opinion would be that they need to run more set plays and kill teams with, I guess, execution. And the one thing that good teams or more experienced teams or teams with good players compared to some of these young teams with young players or players who aren't very good, the one thing those good teams have over these bad teams is that they are more readily available to execute things. And sometimes, especially with this Wolves team, obviously, it's easier to execute things when they're more structured. And I think sometimes in these games where things get sticky and things start to break down and a bad team starts to get their neck in the game and kind of gets given an inch and takes a mile... It's because Minnesota aren't executing and they don't have structure. So yeah, thanks for sticking with me through some of this nerdiness. I hope it at least gave you some of the statistical picture of this weird trend that we've been seeing this season. I think it definitely gave me that picture. I've I've been wanting to do something like this for a while now and I think 
this final straw that broke the camel's back was uh, a good reason to do it. This Houston game was just another game where it was like, man, something has to give here and something has to be going into this. And like I said, I do think it is half-court offense and half-court defense, something that Minnesota are usually very good at. Next up is the New Orleans Pelicans, a team who isn't a bad team, but is currently playing like a bad team at the moment. I think it will be interesting to track those half-court numbers in that game and maybe see if it results in a win or if it results in a loss, depending on what way the Timberwolves go with their half-court numbers. I'll be here to discuss that game. I hope you will be too.